Hi gang, thanks for downloading this classic episode of News Fighters. Just a reminder, if you're looking for new original episodes of News Fighters, they're now over on the Irrational Fear podcast feed. So search for Irrational Fear on your podcasting app or go to irrationalfear.com for all new episodes of News Fighters. In the meantime, enjoy this classic News Fighters episode. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Sandspans Radio, Australia's most family-friendly podcast network. This is News Fighters. Where we fight the news so you don't have to. With Dylan Behan. Yes, hello everyone. Welcome to News Fighters for today, the 27th of August, 2021. News Fighters, where we watch the news so you don't have to. And I'm your host, Dylan Bain, the Lord of Wacky Clips. Coming up in today's show, my guest is Chief Satirist from the ABC show 730, Mark Humphreys, here to talk about his new book on politics. And stuff. So the uh, the stuff is more politics. Just to be clear, it's not really about anything yes, other than. Yes, I, I got. I, I, I picked. I picked that up. I was going to say, what is the stuff in on politics and stuff? Because it's all politics. Yeah. So right now, as I record this, Sydney is entering its third month of lockdown. As the third Delta wave of the COVID nineteen pandemic here in Australia is turning out to be the biggest yet in terms of daily case numbers. So I figured now might be a good time to take a week off from all the depressing. Delta pandemic news and maybe look at some of the hilarious post-political vanity projects from some of our ex-politicians. And of course, I'm talking about podcasts. Yes, it's hard to believe that after their careers fizzle, these white middle-aged men would embark on making indulgent, pointless podcasts that nobody wants to listen to. Who who on earth would uh, waste their time doing that? This month, former Australian Prime Minister and world-famous onion eater Tony Abbott launched his own podcast with the uh, right-wing think tank, the Institute of Public Affairs, called Australia's Heartland with Tony Abbott. And uh, I'll be honest, the theme music made me want to shirt front whoever's responsible. Australia's Heartland with Tony Abbott is your voice. Each week, Tony and I discuss mainstream Australian values, the future of the Australian way of life, family, community and Australian culture. Yes, and nothing says Australian culture more than banjo music that sounds like the theme from the Beverly Hillbillies. Yeehaw! 
And I get the feeling the impetus for Tony Abbott launching his podcast was probably that his former colleague and former Liberal Party Education and Defence Minister, Christopher Pine, launched one back in 2019. Now, if you haven't heard of Christopher Pine, he was a gaff machine while he was in Parliament, uh, like famously this time when he was Education Minister. You're the one who made it very I clear it away. You, you made it very clear yesterday. And I've dealt with it. That you had to get the reform bill through, otherwise I, the 1,700 positions would go. I'm a fixer. How did you fix it? I fixed it by funding it in another way, which you'll find out in the budget. Why can't you tell us? I want it to be a surprise for you. All right. I've cleared it away. And we'll find out how later on. I fixed it. Yes, and I know that seemed awkward at the time, but now just claiming you fixed everything when you obviously haven't is basically the official communication strategy of our Prime Minister. So we have the plan. We are making great progress to achieve the goals of that plan. The vaccination rates are hitting their marks now. We've had our challenges but we've overcome them. We've overcome the difficulties of the vaccination program, putting in General Fruin at the beginning of June have really helped turn that around. So anyways, Christopher Pine retired from politics in 2019 after spending 26 years in parliament, leading uh, Prime Minister Scott Morrison to say this. I mean, Christopher Pine has spent more time in this place than he's been on the planet. Scott Morrison there accidentally confirming alien life forms do indeed walk among us. And of course... They live in Adelaide. Christopher Pine is also well known for poking fun at his own upper class upbringing in Adelaide, like in his farewell speech to Parliament. Mr Speaker, I've had a fortunate life. I don't have a log cabin story like so many people in this place. Although I once did have to get my own lemon for a gin and tonic, which I'm... (laughs) (laughs) That's funny, because uh, liberal politicians are all uh, upper class toffs who believe they're born to rule and are used to having servants. Hilarious. Uh, So from politics, Pine jumped into the new media landscape, launching his podcast Pine Time in 2019. He's traded in the green benches of Parliament House for the voice booth, putting together his very own podcast. And when Southern Cross Stereo asked me to do a podcast, well, first I had to look up what they were, of course, because I thought (laughs) podcasting was like shelling peas. Yes, so great to hear Stereo giving a podcast to someone who didn't even know what a podcast was. Mind you, this isn't uncommon in the Australian media landscape. I hear that Nick Giannopoulos got the offer to make The Wog Boy without ever having seen a movie before. It was also surprising that Christopher Pine got offered a job in new media. I mean, he's not known for being tech savvy. I mean, we all remember that he couldn't keep his Twitter account secure. A homosexual pornographic video was accessed and liked by Christopher Pine's official Twitter account early this morning. Uh, Did you like the gay porn? Well, Carl, obviously uh, it's very annoying that my uh, Twitter account was hacked on Thursday morning at 2am. Yes, in fact, he's so non-tech savvy, he admitted on the podcast he doesn't even know how to use an iPad. You know, like a toddler can. I had an iPad once. Did you? I never turned it on. They gave it to me. The defence. They gave it to One of the government departments gave it to me and said, this is your iPad, Minister, Mm. and you're going to be sent all of your cabinet documents on this iPad. Mm. And so you... To put your password in, and this is it, and it's all very secure. Yeah. And I gave it to my um, one of my advisors and said, "This is the iPad with all the cabinet documents <laughs> on it, and uh, I don't intend to use it at all." Yeah. Um, so just you know, go to the website that is provided to us and print off the documents and get put them in a folder <laughs> with a two-hole punch for me, and I'll. <laughs> take them into the cabinet and read them beforehand, etc. Yes, you've got to love the Liberals, the real party for meritocracy there. Uh, what do we do with the guy who doesn't know how to use an iPad? Let's make him the Minister for Industry, Science and Innovation. Yes, well, when Malcolm made me the Minister for Industry, Innovation and Science, 
I really kind of felt I should explain to him that I wasn't very good at things like innovation. <laughs> That's my thing. Anyways, Pine Time has gone for two seasons and he's made 20 excruciating episodes. And if you're wondering what kind of an idiot would torture themselves by listening to all 20 episodes, well, you're looking at him right here. What do you think I do on my weeks off? Lie on the beach? No, I'm wacky clip hunting. Now, unlike the Tony Abbott podcast, uh, this one is actually hosted by Christopher Pine. And it's a pretty standard interview show that he has on his high profile friends to have a chat. You know, people like Scott Morrison, Anthony Albanese, Annabelle Crabb, Peter Hellyer, Wally Dully, people like that. One of the most high profile guests was former Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull, who came on Pine Time, I think just so Christopher Pine could hit him up for some free holiday accommodation. Do you still have an apartment in New York? We do, yeah. We have oh, one lovely. on the Upper West Side. Yeah. I have to look forward to staying there one day. Sure, I'm sure you'd be very, very welcome <laughs> guest myself. Yes, and on that episode, Pine seemed uh, absolutely flabbergasted that Malcolm Turnbull would catch public transport and chat with members of the general public. And I've seen you buying your own train tickets and ferry yeah. tickets and chatting on the ferry to from Kirribilli House across to your home with the punters on the fairies or on the trains without even a care in the world. Yes, and what do you expect from Pine? I mean, here's a man who seems to despise the general public so much that he seemed to relish being burned in effigy form by students when he was the education minister. Because they said to me, do you mind the fact that the uh, they're burning your effigy on Spring Street? And I said, look, I wouldn't mind so much if they could actually get it alight. <laughs> I said, they must be art students because the science students would certainly know that the propellant that they're trying to use is not going to light that plastic. And that's funny because he loved making higher education completely unaffordable for an entire generation of young people. Oh, well, pip pip, time for another G&T, butler. Pine Time also showcased Pine's unique interviewing style in which he basically ignores whatever the subject is talking about and instead winds up looking like a toffee-nosed buffoon himself. Like, for example, when he was interviewing the artistic director of the Adelaide Festival, Rachel Healy, and he just went off on a tangent about stealing a blanket off an elderly woman. Perfect example of what festivals can do, that, that uh, which is to go outside the four walls of an art centre and create a site-specific experience. It was cold experience. the night that I was there, I must say. Yes, I think... But I, I drew dressed poorly. Oh, right. <laughs> I should have worn. I dressed for the summer and of course as soon as the sun the sun was gone or was, I was in deep trouble. But well, I think I pushed some old lady you know not pushed <laughs> old lady. I pulled an old lady's rug from next to me on half onto me and half onto her. I think she just generously allowed me to. <laughs> yes, and as a man who spent 26 years in federal politics, don't expect him to offer any geopolitical insights or behind the scenes banter on his podcast. Why on earth would you want to talk about that on a political podcast when you can talk about your old clothes? I've got something to reveal to you about tracksuits. Okay. I have a tracksuit. I don't believe you. I, I have recently acquired a 1981 Calvin Klein reproduction tracksuit. <laughs> so I had some seersucker white pants that were um, puffy in the thighs and and came in at the ankles. Carolyn bought me a pair of thongs years ago when she was buying thongs for the children and said, here's some thongs. I said, what am I going to do with those? What do you wear to the beach? Boat shoes. Uh, then surprise, surprise, the episode with billionaire transport owner Lindsay Fox wasn't a deep dive into the future of logistics or transport policy in Australia. No, no, no. Instead, it was an excuse to reminisce about Lindsay's lavish birthday party where Bert Bacharach played. Bert Bacharach put on a great show. He did, didn't he? And I might have had a couple of too many champagnes, I think, because I, as he was leaving, I raced over to him and gave him a very warm embrace. Oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> nice. 
Yes. My wife was terribly embarrassed and said, what do you think you're doing? I said, I've always loved Bert Bacharach. He's fantastic. Oh, the Liberals really are the party of the suburban battlers, aren't they? What tradie from Western Sydney hasn't also accosted Bert Bacharach at one of their billionaire mates' birthday parties? That's relatable content. Get Christopher Pine his own Triple M drive show right now. The other thing I noticed listening to every single episode is uh, Christopher Pine seems to still have a chip on his shoulder over a bad essay mark from uni in the 1980s. I wrote my first legal essay about the dismissal in Adelaide Uni and I got 30%. And I went to see the professor. That's more than you should have got. (laughs) I chose to write my first constitutional law one essay about the dismissal, Mm. for which I got 30%. And the lecturer took me aside afterwards and said, you have to understand, in the Adelaide Uni Law School, you can't write about anything political. Otherwise, you'll never get more than 30%. I said, really? They said, yes. I said, I never did, never went near politics again. Yes, and if only he'd never gone near politics again in real life too, then the whole of Australia could have benefited. Pine also relishes reminding his high-profile guests that he's a published author. But don't expect any insights into the creative process or tips on writing or publishing. No, no, no. Pine is just here to brag about his mediocre sales figures. A letter to my children, which sold 3,500 copies, and my most recent book, The Insider, which has now sold over 14,000, according to Hashit. And on its way further. Which is quite a good, That's a, in Australia, for non-fiction. That's absolutely. Good. That's excellent. So my book sold about 14,000 copies now. That's good. That is a lot. That's a lot for a politician. Sure. For non-fiction. Yeah, yeah definitely. Bestseller non-fiction is about 4,000 copies. Mm. Yes, in many ways, Pine Time is a lot like the classic political interview series Frost Nixon, uh, except if David Frost spent the entire time telling Richard Nixon about his Calvin Klein tracksuits and minuscule book sales figures. Another insight I garnered from the show is, despite his image as a silver spoon-born Adelaide aristocrat, he's actually incredibly cheap as he refused to even give Gladys Berejiklian a copy of his book. No, no, I might even <laughs> sign it for you. If you... That would be lovely. Have you got a copy here? <laughs> I haven't sadly, I thought but... you'd give me something for doing this. Race out. <laughs> no, you get a warm inner glow. Oh, gosh, okay. It's warm inner glow. I get something for doing it, though. Mm. Yeah, now that's the sound of a satisfied podcast guest if I've ever heard one. Mm. Christopher Pine also admitted to Gladys that he won't even buy a book unless he's in it. In fact, I'd stop at the bookshop in the airports in Canberra and I think, I'd look at the book and think, oh, it's not got me in it. They can get stuffed. No. I'm not even going to buy this book. No. I'm not in it. Speaking of airports and flying, Christopher used his uh, episode with former Senator Amanda Vanstone to lay out his complex and detailed plans on how to hijack an aeroplane. I don't know why they bothered, you know, bothered to ban bloody knives and forks on the plane if I wanted to take over a plane. I could stick a chopstick or something down through their eyeball and pull yeah, it out. HB pencil in the an eyeball. HB pencil in the eyeball. Or the eardrum, incidentally. That'll work. Mm. Grab them by the back of the hair and shove an HB pencil in and go tap, tap. <laughs> and believe me, they're ready to do what you want. To be fair, killing a person with a pencil is actually taught in schools in South Australia. Anyways, if you haven't picked it up yet, the overarching theme through all 20 episodes of Pine Time is that Christopher Pine loves talking about himself, something not lost on his high-profile guests. You see what's happened here? You've asked me a question, I've answered it, and no, then you've responded with an anecdote. I know, I'm sorry. Well, that's my style, you see? <laughs> that's my brilliant interviewing style. <laughs> see, and now we've got it back to me again. <laughs> So you can try. I don't think we've ever got it away from you yet, to be (laughs) honest. You can do your best. (laughs) Is this about me or you? Both of us. Right. 
When people come on this podcast, do they always spend the entire time talking about you or do we no, talk about no, other people? No, we let them talk about themselves for 20% Good. of the time. Good. Even Christopher Pine finally seemed to notice that some of his guests were dropping hints. But in It's our- tricky interviewing people, isn't it? Well, it is actually. So was this podcast as bad as you thought it was going to be? <laughs> If only Pine had listened to his own instincts. When I was fantasising about what jobs I might have, post-politics, not recently but years ago, <laughs> and thinking I might actually not be qualified for anything. Yeah, Christopher, you were right. Definitely not hosting a podcast, that's for sure. If only you'd done one of the other jobs you wanted to do. I thought the two jobs that I could do yeah. would be an information officer at the airport. Yeah. The second job was yeah. being one of those dancers on a cruise ship. <laughs> yeah, and at least if you were a dancer on a cruise ship, you wouldn't be subjecting podcast audiences to whatever this is. I had a lovely conversation with a man whose name was Dozer on Kangaroo Island one day, which was humiliating for my children at a barbecue in a shed, a sharing shed. And Dozer was a local contractor. And Dozer said, <laughs> um, I don't think Dozer was his christened name. <laughs> and Do he looked like a Dozer, all right? So Dozer said, what's what you play, mate? But look, all this nonsense I encountered listening to all 20 episodes of Pine Time has actually inspired me. In fact, I'm announcing that I'm launching my brand new recurring segment, A Whiff of Pine. Yes, on every episode of News Fighters from now on, I'm going to be signing off with a hilarious or at least slightly off-putting, out-of-context clip of Christopher Pine from his podcast, Pine Time. Like this one. I think board games teach you a lot. They do. They do. They do. And, or this one where he talks about what a great person Pauline Hanson is. In all of our personal dealings with Pauline, my personal dealings with Pauline Hanson, she's been more than charming. Or this one where he talks about his great life during lockdown with his wife. Hi. She has been very fortunate to have me at home. Uh, hmm. Where I've been assisting her with a bit of advice about cooking and tidying and what the house should look like and what should go in the garden. Mm. She doesn't pay any attention <clears throat> to me, of course, with my advice. A distracting vignette coming to the end of every episode of News Fighters. So hopefully you stop asking yourself Was this podcast as bad as you thought it was going to be? <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. 
post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, now on News Fighters, joining me is the co-author of the new book on politics and stuff with Evan Williams. It's Mark Humphreys, who is the ABC's uh, ABC 730's in-house satirist. Now, for all our friends listening overseas, Mark, how did, can you describe this role? It's a bit like if, if Dana Carvey joined the NBC Nightly News <laughs> or Steve Coogan had a segment on BBC's Newsnight, right? Like, how did, how did, how did this come about? That's a good question, really. I mean, I don't... Yes, does it exist in other programs? I'm not, I'm not even sure it's a of a... very Australian thing. Yeah, right. So, yeah, so it's sort of in, yes, it is somewhat of an Australian tradition. So, there there, there used to be a, a pair of satirists named um, John Clark and Brian Dore who would do a, a short satirical segment at the at, at the end of the week, a sort of mock interview. Mm. And uh, that, they did that for, for many, many years. And, um, uh, but anyway, about, I think maybe or 10 years or so um, they went off and sort of left 7.30 and had their own little program and so for several years um, 7.30 has not had um, satire and um, and for some reason they a couple of years ago they went oh let's let's do that again and so the, um, my writing partner Evan Williams and I were lucky enough to to, to get the call up and because um, we have um, a background in doing satirical sketches we've been working together since about uh, 2012 and um, uh, yeah and so we, we got that gig and so yeah once a fortnight because that's how much the ABC budget can afford <laughs> um, we, we do a little um, sketch I suppose sort of whatever kind of takes us that uh, that particular week but um, yes that's sort of the, the background mm. of, of that and you started in in 2018, late 2018. Um, surely you, you haven't been short of material. I started News Fighters in early 2019, and I honestly thought I'd just be making Bill Shorten franking Prime Minister Bill Shorten franking <laughs> credits jokes uh, around yes. now. We haven't we haven't sure. been short of material, have we? <laughs> no, that's it. That's the thing. I, I say this all the time, and and I try and I try and couch it, phrase it very carefully. I am very much in favor of a change of government, not out of some ideological, you know, oh, lefty, whatever. I just am bored of making <laughs> jokes about this particular side of politics. <laughs> just give us something new. I just can't. How many? I mean, this was the thing about like, you know, this, the, the same sex marriage debate in Australia that went on for so long. And it was yeah, just yeah. like, thank, you know, thank God it finished for A, you know, people who wanted to get married, <laughs> but B, from a selfish perspective, so that I didn't have to keep saying, Ending it up. I just yeah, got, like, how yeah. many more, you know, sketches can I do saying this is ridiculous? Just let them get married. Uh, and so, same thing with climate change. Like, that's the one I really just am so, like, I, I simultaneously think it's the most important thing that we should be talking about. And I also go, I don't know what else I can say <laughs> about this topic. So, um, anyway, that said, yeah, there have been, I, I, I guess, on the plus side, from a satirical perspective, this uh, government over the last few years has provided a fair few characters, I think you'd say, Dylan. I think that yes, yes. we've been quite <laughs> fortunate in that sense. And, and some of them some of them have, have moved on to other things. But then there are the sort of the perennial favourites like uh, Barnaby Joyce, who's the leader of the Nationals Party, sort of a, a kind of a country party uh, in Australia. Yep, yep. And uh, yes, who has now returned to the leadership of that party after you'd think he... 
you know, he'd think he was out after he uh, impregnated his staffer, <laughs> blew up his marriage, uh, he threatened to kill Johnny Depp's dogs. There's all sorts of things. If you're from, if you're not from Australia, go look into Barnaby Joyce. It's, there's a whole rabbit hole to go now, down. Now, if Labor does gain power, are you hoping for the same comedy material from future Deputy PM Richard Miles? Now, surely he can, <laughs> surely you've got a Richard Miles character in the uh, pipeline. <laughs> I've got a few clips uh, in, in the back um, in, in a folder where I've, uh, no, he used Richard Miles used to host uh, a show on Sky News uh, with Christopher Pine, Pine yes, and Miles. Yes, Pine and Miles. Yes, yeah, and this extraordinary thing where you had two members of Parliament from opposite um, sides of the of the aisle uh, hosting a show, uh, and uh, just like I just think that's extraordinary. Firstly, how do they have time? Uh, be you know secondly they shouldn't have time you know how, how dare they um and then yeah and also just like who's the audience for this i don't know i don't know what that i mean there's you could say that about a lot of sky news programs but um <laughs> y- yeah so richard miles uh, seems pretty pretty dull uh, on the surface but uh these you know i think leadership and 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 the responsibility kind of uh, bring something out of these people, not necessarily, you know, for the better. So I, I, I'd be keen to see what that looks like. Uh, so now onto your book. Now I was looking online, and uh, according to the internet, this is your second book after Data Warehousing Architecture and Implementation yeah. from 1999. Yeah, yeah. Is that correct, or did I did I misread that? Uh, let's go with that. Let's go. I've cared a lot about data implementation. Don't ask me anything about it right now. Is it a different um, Mark Humphrey? I think it might be a different Mark Humphreys. I'm not sure. It's okay. hard. You, do, you don't have a Wikipedia page. I actually discovered as well, which makes it a bit hard to. to oh, is he right? Things. Yes. Yeah. Um, now there's another. Yes, there is another Mark Humphreys who's got a new book out, uh, which came out last month called The Spike. And so I've been getting. I think yeah, we, we've worked out that he gets some of my feedback. I get some of his feedback. So we sort of. We now sort of know each other and <laughs> message each other when we've got something to, to tell the other. But, um, oh, there yeah, you go. So, this so could this be your Sky News shows, Humphreys and Humphreys. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I love it. Um, so, but this is my second book, though. I, I, we, Evan and I wrote uh, a book called The Chasers Australia about five years. I mean, no, when I say second book, I mean, no one, you know, no one's read it. But um, but for the for the Chaser Australian mm-hmm. satirical group, we, we wrote a book a, a few years ago. And, um, uh, and since... No one read that. We thought we'd have another one. Uh, try so, again. So, so how did this come about? Uh, it's it's uh, they have a series called On, and this is on politics and stuff. Did they just uh, yes. they approached you? They thought this That's was right. your your wheelhouse, your wheelhouse, obviously. Totally. Well, because this yeah, so Hachette Publishing they have this On series, which and they get this this slim volumes is the polite way to describe this very very small book. It's it's just <laughs> they're, they're slim volumes on different topics, and and so they've had people like. Uh, Blanche Del Puget and Sarah Hansen Young and so people in politics and people in public life, Lee Sales. And so logically the next name you think of is, is Mark Humphreys and Evan Williams. And uh, so they came to us and said, is there something that you in this series that you think you could contribute? You know, do you want to do something on satire or what have you? And that, that felt a little bit kind of... Um, I don't know, navel gazy or something. And so we just said, well, can we just do one on, on Australian politics? And they said, yes. Um, on, on Australian politics sounds a bit uh, up itself. Can, can you just sort of, can you kind of just give it a little something? It's like, yep. well, on politics and stuff. Yep, great. Okay. <laughs> so the uh, the stuff is more politics, just to be clear. It's not really about anything yes, other than... Yes, I, I got... <laughs> 
I, 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 pick, I picked that up. I was going to say, what is the stuff in on politics and stuff? Because it's all politics. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and what was the aim with the book? I felt like I, I read it. I enjoyed it. I felt like it was a kind of a, almost an explainer for people who don't know all the Australian in-jokes about our pollies and political parties. Was that the aim or what, what were you trying yeah, to do it's here? A, it's a little bit of a journey, I suppose. It's a, a journey through political life and how one might go about that and what you would need to know. So, I think, yes, it is. Um, I mean, yes, maybe it's Australian politics for dummies. Maybe maybe that's what it is on, on some level. But I think I think there's certainly stuff uh, at Hope that uh, appeals to the people that, that you know, the very the, the, the well-informed ones uh, like ourselves uh, who follow this stuff closely. But, uh, yeah, we sort of start with kind of how you get to Canberra, uh, quite literally, as we yes. detail the, um, the Murray's process. Coach. The Murray's <laughs> coaches. Uh, and yeah, we should have actually come to some commercial arrangement with them because we, we, we give them quite a full plug. You do, you um, do. I've, I've caught yeah. that coach a lot. It's not worth writing about at all, really. <laughs> oh, it's not? Okay. We wanted, we originally we wrote it as Sid Foggs because we like the name Sid Foggs oh, more yes, than yes. Murray's, but Sid Foggs apparently do not do. Don't go to Canberra, no. <laughs> they I don't go to Canberra. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and of course, you know, we, you know, we, we believe in, in creating a tome that, you know, that upholds the highest, you know, editorial standards and fact-checking, so we reluctantly adjusted it to, to Murray's. Um, and then writing with Evan, uh, your co-writer, you've worked with for a long time. What's the writing mm. process like with him, especially on this book? Do you do you divvy it up into chapters, or do you finish each other's sentences, or, or what is it like? <laughs> it's 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 great. We've got a very, very good, a really wonderful relationship where we uh, basically will be in a, a shared Google Doc together. And at least for this one, it sort of it starts obviously as a series of conversations about what are some of the areas that we might want to uh, cover. So we sort of brainstorm. So okay, we want to talk about the two different houses, the up the upper house and the lower house. We want to talk about um, some of the ministerial uh, portfolios. Um, and we want to talk about Canberra, the city, all those sorts of things. And then from there, it's it's sort of a, a kind of free for all where we both put on our respective, you know, Spotify soundtracks. So I'm, you know, I'm hitting the ABBA pretty hard and, uh, and we're kind of writing independently, but we're seeing each other right as we go. And what's nice about that is sometimes I'll see Evan is writing a particular area and that'll spark me. And so I'll sort of jump on the back of what he's doing or vice versa. Otherwise we might be just in separate sections. And then after a couple of hours, we'll just say, okay, do you want to have a chat? And then we'll just read through what we've done um, and then that will always just spark more jokes and um, so it's 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 quite uh, quite quite an enjoyable experience really and we we rarely have disagreements if one person doesn't like a joke that's pretty much a cue for us to go well let's ditch it so there's nothing in there that you know I think everything in there has been approved by both of us <laughs> I would say though if there are any things you don't like uh, you can address all inquiries to, to Evan Yes, absolutely. And Please. it's very, it's very, it's a very slim read. I managed to knock it over in an afternoon. Is there anything you wish you had more time to expand on, or anything that could could become a second volume, perhaps? Ah, uh, that's a very good question. I mean, I think, um, yeah, I think generally we could have done uh, more on sort of the actual policy side of things. I think we didn't. So I think that, and. Uh, like, so I guess sort of governing in general as a, as, a, as a general idea. I think maybe more to do with the media. We sort of mm-hmm. touch on all of these things, but there's there's certainly room for um, expansion, but not so not to the point where we wanted to go and write forty thousand words. So <laughs> it was it was just sort of like we think we can probably we know we can write more than this, but we don't think we can write that much. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, or rather, we just <laughs> we're just too lazy. You know, we only make a two minute sketch once a fortnight. It's really not in our nature to you know overexert ourselves. Nice. And what's uh, what's coming up in the future? More more book writing, and I guess more more seven thirty sketches. I suppose more seven thirty sketches. Uh, what have I got coming up? I, oh yes, that's right. At the end of the year, uh, we'll be touring Australia. So each year, I tour with uh, Charles Firth from the Chaser, General and Victoria Zerps from the Feed, and James Schleffel, who is the founder of the Shovel. So all satir- all satirists, and we do a, a live show. And so you know, pandemic permitting, we'll be coming to uh, all the major you know cities and some small the towns uh at the end of this year so yeah looking forward to that because i really like you know just that instant response of the of the crowd and um yeah so that'll be that'll be nice to uh, uh, get to be among people again um yes assuming that uh, yeah such <laughs> we'll a see what we'll see what happens <laughs> yeah TB- let's not get out tbc of tbc <laughs> yeah. Yeah. call me again in six months let's yes. see. <laughs> play that clip back to me how did that work out for you mark <laughs> brilliant all right the book is on politics and stuff by uh, mark Humphreys and evan williams available where all good books are sold or if you're trying to be covid safe available as an e-book uh which is if you don't want to leave your house um thanks again mark anything uh where can people find you online on the socials at, uh, at Mark Humphreys on Twitter. My Instagram needs a bit of a boost. So at Humphreys Mark, yes. I couldn't get couldn't get the rights to my own name. So oh no, that's so Spike book. That Spike book. Exactly. Gosh, God damn it. Uh, so yeah, hit me up over at, at Humphreys Mark on Instagram. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for making time to be on your. Thanks, spiders. Dylan. Cheers, mate. So that's News Fighters for today, the 27th of August, 2021. News Fighters is written, produced, and edited by me, Dylan Bain. For Sans Pants Radio, I'm taking a week off, so catch up on some classic News Fighters episodes by hitting subscribe or follow on YouTube or your podcasting app of choice. To support the show and get monthly bonus episodes, including one that's coming out next week, pay to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or join our Patreon at patreon.com slash newsfighters. Or you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash newsfighters. Also, we refuse to pay to advertise on Facebook, so sign up for our free Substack newsletter to keep informed at newsfighters.com. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at newsfighterspod. And a big thank you to Mark Humphreys for being on the show. Don't forget to check out his new book on politics and stuff. All right, everyone, don't forget, stay home, get vaxxed, wear a mask, keep fighting, and bye for now. This is News Fighters. Where we fight the news so you don't have to. So Dozer said that... What's board you play back? Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.